0: 62 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location in for Hockey in Ohio, covering every level playing from youth in high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all the happenings with Hockey in Ohio. My name's Tim Sullivan. I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski and Scott Harrington tonight. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making hockey in Ohio better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by Athletic Performance Insight. API's easy-to-use, affordable technology designed specifically for amateur hockey provides every team the opportunity to benefit from video and analytics. Teams use API app to track events in real time. Event data is used to generate reports and simplify video review. Athletic Performance Insight, amateur hockey, elite technology, professional results. Go to athleticperformanceinsight.com today to learn more about this tool and view a demo video. Well, guys, last week we had the opportunity uh, to speak with uh, Elena Giampetro of Gilmore Academy who committed to um, Providence, er, then recommitted to Ohio State. Uh, I thought it was a really good conversation with uh, uh, Elena uh, last week about uh, her decision uh, whether or not uh, Providence was right for her why Ohio state is right for her and her path getting to where she needs to be.
1: I like the fact that she had the wherewithal to understand that, you know, she, maybe she felt that she jumped on the Providence a little too soon. Maybe Ohio state came calling too late. However, she understood that her heart was set uh, on being a Buckeye and going to the Ohio state university. And she was able to, uh, see that dream all the way through. And now she has, you know, all the fun, hard work of making sure that sees its way through as well. But I thought it was a good conversation. Uh, a, a nice person that has her head screwed on straight, knows what she's after and where she's going. And she's putting the work in to, to get these opportunities. And hopefully she'll seize the uh, seize the opportunity and do the best she can.
2: About three years ago, I think, I talked to Ohio State women's head coach Nadine Muzerall, uh, we were doing a feature story on Lindsey Wallace, and I interviewed Coach on the phone. And then afterwards, we were talking about, you know, well, it'd be nice to see more Ohio girls playing for the Buckeyes. And she basically said, "Well, you know, we got to go. This is a top program. We got to go where the to Minnesota or Massachusetts or whatever. We got to go where the players are to get this this caliber of player." But Lauren Bernard now uh, playing for them this year, and. So I don't know if they'll be teammates. I don't think their careers will overlap. But I think after Lauren graduates, uh, Elena will be a freshman and uh, starting to see some uh, homegrown talent on the, uh, you know, a team that's top five in the country year in and year out. It's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's funny how uh, she said she had to go to other places to find uh, those players. And, in fact, they're right in her own backyard, right? I think the, the, the game of hockey, both men's and women's, is becoming such a large and polarized uh, game here in Ohio that you cannot help but to recruit your own state before you get out.
1: They're right. there. The players are there. You know, as, as they say all the time, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Well, Lauren went to Clarkson and then decided to come over to Ohio State. And, and Elena felt... Providence was the best for her. And, and then obviously some things worked out a different way. And now she's going to Ohio state and how many others, you know, just in the women's game alone, how, there, there isn't a, a solidified women's program here in Ohio. So I, I shouldn't say that there aren't more than one as in say Michigan, where there are teams of Ohio, you have what's going on with at Gilmore. And, but then those players are playing tournament teams that are having to travel all over the place. So It's growing. The caliber of player is improving. I mean, it's already at a great high level and it's improving and the opportunities are presenting themselves and and these women are are taking advantage of that. That's great.
2: And in both cases, those, so those girls went and played at a different place or or Lauren played at a different school and then moved. And then uh, Elena had committed to a different school and then switched, but maybe now we'll see Ohio state offer some, some Ohio girls uh, right out of the chute.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, as we move on to episode 62, it's a different feel this week. Uh, We've gotten so used to being together as a group. Uh, We are back to the Zoom. Uh, Back (laughs) to the Zoom as we do this for numerous reasons, none of which are COVID-related, just to tell our listeners. Uh, But we are back to Zoom. And to be honest with you boys, I don't like
1: it. No, this stinks.
0: (laughs) No, I don't like it at all because I don't know if my Internet's going to freeze up on me. I, I got one ear butt in or whatever they're called because the other one's not working. I can't hear myself talk. It's a disaster. We'll get back to the studio next week. Uh, But this week uh, we're going to talk a little college college hockey already started up at the club level around the country. And today we will speak with the head coach of the ACHA division one team at Kent state university, Zach Noah, and see how the preparations are going for the golden flashes as they get ready for the upcoming season with 20 Ohio natives on the roster. It's going to be good to talk to Zach. Zach's got a real interesting story about his playing career and then how he got involved in coaching USA hockey, all that really, really interesting story. Look forward to talking to Zach. Uh, Also look forward to hearing uh, about the ACHA and, you know, we've talked a lot about the ACHA and how uh, upcoming and how competitive that league is. And they're finally getting back at it. By the way, speaking of that, I did see uh, something on the Twitter uh, of, Kentucky held their first midnight madness weekend. You guys see that? Oh, oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm following them on the Tweeter. We got oh, we gotta go there. That has to be a complete circus. I love every second of it. Place was packed.
0: Hey management, is there any way we can do if we can get a hold of Driscoll and see if we can run a live show from down
2: there? Oh, they'd be up for it, I
1: bet. We we, we do the show and the is the lead up to the to a drop of puck. Right. So, as we're sitting somewhere talking, you know, we could tell they're, you know, teams running the ice for warm up. And that'll do it for episode 63. And bye. <laughs> we're going there we're next going week. The <laughs> oh
0: I don't know if I can go there next week. But. No, no, no. <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, before we get talking about uh, uh, what's in the news, uh, what's going on, you know, we're going to talk to Zach Noah. Let's uh, talk and see how everyone's doing. Uh, Lev, how's it going? How was your week? Again, we are in Zoom, which sucks, but go ahead.
1: Danny, go ahead. Oh no, Danny's Danny's not here. here.
0: Oh yeah, Danny. Oh, oh, hold on a second. Let me think about that.
1: (laughs) Danny, (laughs) the guy who says I'll never miss. Let me tee that one up for you. Go ahead. He's not here.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Danny knows what kind of day I had today, and I'm here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Straight in the shoot uh mm-hmm. my week straight in the shoot my uh my week was uh you know normal work and all that good stuff and then just uh eager to get back on the ice I know we're uh per our recording we we went back today uh got on the ice with the boys and uh did the old uh did the old uh no puck practice where you, you can condition and it was just great to be in the rink and it was great to be around the players and and looking forward to you know Getting started because, you know, as football, I was thinking of this last night, watching football on TV. When the NFL season starts, that means our season is right around the corner. So you start getting a little antsy, start getting a little jittery. You, you enjoy this time of year and you're anxious to get going uh, a little more than what we're able to right now. But uh, per the state, we have to abide by the rules. So that's about it, man. I, I, I do nothing. So I'm boring. I apologize. I'm the first out of the shoot, if you will, with this one. But uh, Scott, how about you?
0: Hold on, Jay, I have a question for you. Yeah, go you're very good with lingo. Um, <clears throat> you do some work at ooh, NASA.
1: Oh, I did have a, a lobster break. I forgot to tell you. Yes, a lobster come on. I, I know, on. I, I apologize. I was looking at something. And I went, oh, I got to talk about that. So the family puts on a lobster break. Uh, it's a traditional thing based on an older couple that my in-laws uh, used to know and, and were close with. And they put it on for years. And when they passed my mother-in-law swore she would continue doing the lobster bake Well, my wife is not taking it over but she does a hell of a job with it and we do it over the open fire in the fire pit in the backyard and throw the grate over top of the working fire and cook everything right on there and well in pots but on there because uh I think the young kids that come to this I don't think they really want to see the lobster convulsing before it just outs itself there in the heat but We have the lobster. We have corn. We have mussels. We have clams. uh, We got potatoes, salad. The wine's flowing. This year, I brought out the uh, apple crown and the uh, salted caramel. We love the caramel apple for my my father in law, who really enjoyed that one.
0: So you just mixed the two of them together.
1: I just beep, yep. Oh yeah, just mixed. He's like, oh, this is really good. Like, yeah, that's gonna. How many did he have? He only had one. Oh, thank God. Yeah, he was drinking (laughs) beer most of the time. So, yeah, that was a good thing. So, you were asking me about the, the lingo. Go ahead.
0: Well, you and I talked on the phone earlier. And yeah. the reason you said because of the kids. But I asked, why didn't you do, like, the old style, put the fire in the seaweed and the whole yeah. good good thing. But you don't want to freak the kids out?
1: Yeah. That was the – I mean, we've always done it in the pot. We've always steamed them till they're nice and bright red. And then they're good and gone. And they're good and good.
0: I know you do some work at uh, our um, – ne- Yes. our NASA facility here in uh, yes. Cleveland, right? Yes. Um, what, 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 what is it like working with some of the people there?
1: <laughs> well, it depends. See, I'm in, the, I'm in the trades, if you will. So you deal with a lot of interesting characters while you're there. Um, first and foremost, you have general contractors, you have subcontractors. I, I'm a sub of a sub. Uh, so I get to interact with a lot of, a lot of different people. A, a friend of ours, uh, Mr. David uh, Delregs. Delregs is involved in this one company. Uh, big fan of the show, Dave Delregno. I'd like to give a shout out to Dave if we could. Um, now, there's, a, there's some, some interesting people that will just come and their job. I mean, it's a government job. Government jobs for anyone that's in a government position. You'll understand what I'm about to say. There are checks and balances in government jobs and they're going to make sure they're checked and balanced. And so last week I was there and uh, there was a general contractor from the Detroit area, <clears throat> not much on a conversation, not whatsoever. Um, as I was working, uh, this person stood and stared at me for a good hour and a half watching me paint something. That just weirded me out.
0: <laughs> hey, are you there tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, you're not. Okay. I'm
1: not there. I'm not there the rest of this week.
0: Okay. All right. All right who, who,
1: who, 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 time out. What was that about?
0: I'm just asking a question.
1: No, who who told you to ask about, was it about that person?
0: No, it's about maybe some people you might be working with tomorrow if you're there.
1: Who's there tomorrow? Tom? Well, yeah, he'll be there. Okay. He'll be at NASA. His okay. brother, his brother, why? What, what's wrong with him?
0: Nothing. He said you're. he was going to put you with two interesting people tomorrow.
1: Oh, but you're I not going, no, so it doesn't I matter. I have no, I have no idea. I have okay, no, I'm going to call him after this. Actually, I'm going to text him right now and go, who, who, who's the interesting people at NASA? NASA. Anyways, okay. Scott. All right, what's Scott.
2: What's deal? going on with you? A quiet weekend uh, this past weekend, but well, we didn't do a show last week, uh, so we didn't talk about our holiday weekends. But um, we went on uh, Labor Day. We took the kayaks down to Merwin's Wharf. Put in down there, paddled up to Wendy Park and watched the Thunderbirds. That was pretty cool. Ooh, nice. nice.
3: So there was. Was, it,
2: was was the river crowded? Yeah, yeah. The uh, parking lot at Merwin was packed. Like when the Thunderbirds were, you know, made their last pass, I was like, "Go, go, go!" <laughs> and everybody was basically <laughs> racing uh, to get back there so you could get out, uh, get out of the parking lot in a timely fashion. But uh, you know, Cleveland gets criticized for not making good use of their waterfront. And, you know, big picture, I'd have to agree with that. But I was standing there at, on a, like a hill in Wendy Park and I'm from left to right. There's people playing beach volleyball. There's all kinds of boats out on the lake, watching the air show. There's tons of kayaks in the river. There's a train going by. There's a huge freighter coming up the mouth of the river. Thunderbirds are going over the overhead and, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: There's a lot going on there.
2: Yeah. And then it's we so had our it. first, uh, first cross country race, uh, on Friday. My How son's uh, not bad. They didn't do it uh, his freshman year cause it's technically a contact sport because they all start in a big jumble. Okay. Um, so this, he, so he hasn't run in two years he did, he did. All right. He has the best time on the team, but the team's, uh, not too hot. Where did they run at? They had, uh, at, well, actually they've had two now. Um, the first one was, it was a pretty big meet in uh, at Lorraine Community College. It was hosted by Avon Lake and they had Avon, Avon Lake, Amherst, St. Ed's was there. Um, a couple other big schools, Bay Village, um, Rocky River, I think. So, and they've only got six boys on, the, on their team. So, um, uh, but he had the best time on the team. He was pretty, he was pretty happy.
0: How many, so do you only get to see him like once? How does this work? They, or they
2: do like laps? It, usually it's one route, but if you know where it is, you can go from like to two or three different points to watch him pass. Okay. And it's 3.2 miles. Yeah. High wow. schools. Yeah. 5k. So, um, yeah, so his stand So, he, yeah, he's had two. Then they hosted one with smaller schools be to be a little bit better. But his first week, he was 22 minutes 59 seconds. And then the second race, his time was 22 minutes 59 seconds. Same exact time. Consistency. He's, he's Pace. consistent. He's paced himself. <laughs> Pace.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, there's no way I could do that in 20, 23 minutes. No way. <clears throat> no way. Speaking of kayaking, I am. Uh, This Friday, we have a uh, faculty service in-service day, and we are going down to the foundry in Cleveland. And we had our choice of things that we could learn how to do, because the whole thing about this year at school is get out of the comfort zone. So we could learn how to sail. They have a sailing class. Uh, There's a... Hiking and biking and all this other, and then there's a kayaking. So I signed up for the kayaking. Nice. Never kayaked in my life there, Scott. So um, I hope I don't do what those people in the Olympics do when they roll the thing a few times.
1: A I'm not looking roll. to do that. A barrel roll?
0: Yeah. I'm not looking to do a barrel roll. So
1: Could you do sailing? Because I would, I would pay to have you put a captain's hat on a sport coat <laughs> with just an ascot, ascot and walk in there like like, like, like like a martini glass going, oh, we're sailing today. Oh. <laughs> Hello, love. Let's
0: go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pull the jib, old boy.
0: <laughs> Which side is the mast on?
3: Uh, <laughs> wrecked them.
0: So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wrecked them? No, you didn't wreck them.
1: <laughs> I damn near killed them. <laughs>
0: so so yeah well my my week was the same uh holiday weekend really wasn't much um did a lot of stuff around the yard uh school is up and running man we are uh who sings the song alive and kicking
1: yeah i know i don't know i know who you're talking come about.
0: on that's uh the, the guy song uh, yeah uh 80s song oh it's it's uh
1: Come on simple minds. No, is it simple minds? Yes.
0: Was it? Yeah. So we are
1: alive and kicking.
0: We are alive and kicking. I know Dan's not here, but once he listens, that might be a a key to like (laughs) what we might want to start off. And we are alive and kicking a school of boys, 980 of them, strong, all back, ready to roll. Hello. So, uh, (laughs) they're excited. (laughs) Needless to say, they're excited to be back. So, um, and uh, I tell you what, the uh, it's it's been fun. I've gone to a few football games. That's been great. I have to tell you this, and I, I think I might have mentioned it earlier in one of our broadcasts, but uh, going to uh, my daughter's volleyball games, there's people in the stands. There's people cheering. I don't know. Did, did I mention, well, they, the, the match that she played in front of a, almost a sold-out arena? Yeah. Uh, and they just were giving it to her and giving it to them. And, man, it was like we're back. Like the gamesmanship is perfect, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, she's been okay. busy with that. We had love you. You would appreciate this. Uh, Scott, I don't know if you even know what these things are, but we had our first mixer last Friday.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, did we?
0: We did. Where was this so, one? This one was at St. Ed's. Okay. Oh, this was St. Ed's. Um, Ed's. Sen- Sen- and, uh, yeah, at our first mixer, freshman and sophomore mixer. And Scott, if you don't know what that is, that's when the, it's the boys school, and they invite the girls' school, uh, the freshmen, and sophomores, and they invite the young ladies to come. And it's a very casual uh, party, hangout, dance. There's pizza, music, disc jockey, all that. They mix it
1: up, Scott. It's like Tinder for young kids, Scott. It's really cool. Everyone's doing it. <laughs>
0: But there wasn't a lot of swiping right or swiping
1: left. No, they all no, stood no. on the one side of each other. It was crazy. Boys oh, over yeah. there, girls over here. Yeah, we used to do it, yep.
0: Yeah. so so we there's a mixer so you know is what it is
1: T- tinder um, too
2: strong should i
1: said hinge
0: no no tinder's not too strong hinge bumble farmers, farmers whatever.
2: only whatever farmers you only. didn't have any of that stuff when i was a kid
3: no
0: oh.
2: you had to, you had to call the girl's house and talk to her dad yeah and then ask to talk to her talk to his daughter
0: scott i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this right now this is no lie mm. I don't know if you guys had this in uh, uh, Vermont or New Hampshire or whatever the hell uh, uh, East coast had up there, but we had, I had in my house, this is no lie. When I was younger, it kind of, it it went different in high school, but when I was younger in grade school, we had this thing called a party line. Yeah. So like, so like my house and my neighbor's house were on the same number.
2: Yeah. We had
0: one at our cottage. Yeah.
2: And my grandmother would have to wait for, you know the neighbor to get off the phone, and she'd
0: right. You know, and I would be on the phone. I'd be on the phone in seventh grade with like a, a buddy or a girl, and all of a sudden the neighbor's like, <laughs> "Hello," and I'm like, "Oh, sorry,
1: who's nuts? Who's nuts? A party line? What are we talking? Oh, yeah. This is new to you me. Heard of that? No."
0: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. You'd stuff, go to stuff. use a
2: phone. You'd, you'd want to call somebody and you'd pick up and there'd be two people talking already. So you'd have to just hang up, wait yeah. and go back. And then if they were still talking, you know.
0: Every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Them. I didn't know you were I didn't know you were still on the phone. It's yeah. kind of like <laughs> if you like get off the phone. Let's hustle you know? it up. Huh? Right.
1: Wrap it up, B. Yeah.
2: Let's go. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. explaining that to kids these days, huh?
0: Yeah, it's, wow. it's insane. And then here's another good one. I think we all had this one. Once we got our own line, I don't know. I'm in this new. I'm in this room again. I think there's like animals in here, but I hear noises. Um,
1: <clears>
0: the there are this. side
2: effects of it's
1: up a, today. It's a, butter, it's a butterfly. <laughs> all of a sudden, he's just standing there. And he just goes.
0: I don't. know. They told me I wasn't allowed a drive or drink for 24 hours. So, cheers up, boys. Cheer, oh, cheers. One for two. <laughs> I actually drove I to get a bottle of wine. So, uh, two for two. <laughs> so anyhow uh do you remember that like okay so we had it my parents had an old ro- rotary phone mm-hmm. thur, thur, yeah, right knows, yeah. oh yeah and then you had the line that you hooked into the wall and you had a, we would buy like the 50foot line so you could take the phone into oh, yeah. into different rooms <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah. pre pre-cordless phone yeah oh yeah my yeah.
0: like cordless cordless phone no. listen we weren't even if 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 i was in this was so screwed up my freshman year of college, I'll never forget this. My freshman, actually, I'll, 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 well, I'll just, I'll just say freshman year of college. I won't go any, in any details, but I would come home and I could not call friends or if I was dating a girl who was out of town because it was long distance. Oh, long distance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And, and my old man would string me up if I called long distance. Right.
2: It was yeah. super expensive, dude. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? I tried explaining this to a there's a, a younger uh, kid who sits next to me at work, and there there's a, I went to get stamps, and there's a convenience store across the street, right? You lost a, him at you lost him at stamps. Prior, listen, yeah, yeah, there's a guy over there, and he I buy stamps from him because I only use a you know a couple here and there when I need them. I get them from him, and he marks them up. He charges seventy five cents per stamp, which is Pretty sure is a crime. You can't do that. It's a federal (laughs) offense. Right. So I tell him that. I told him once a long time ago, and he wasn't, you know, he didn't want to hear it. How much are the stamps? Or he didn't understand. I don't know. He charges seventy-five cents. Doesn't it say thirty-two cents on? So that's what I said. I came back. No, because they changed the. They they don't have the price on them because they change all the time. But if you buy them, they're still good for the new price. Anyway. So my point, what? So I I mentioned it to him again, and, you know, he we got into it a little bit so anyway i go back to work and i tell them i try to explain it to the kid i'm like i said how much do stamps cost and he goes i don't know i've never mailed anything and i said what are you talking about are you kidding me he's i was like you've never mailed a letter or you know a, a thank you note or anything he's like, no and so i i started getting assaulty with him and he goes why would i give it to a guy in a truck to drive it there <laughs> I
1: was like, well, oh, all right.
2: That's a good point. <laughs> well, have you, I mean listen,
0: I, I talked to my, 55, my st-
1: fifty-five cents.
0: Fifty-five cents. Okay. Yeah. I, I talk to my students all the time about do you guys know how to write a check? Yeah.
1: I'm
0: like, well, no. What's a check? Right. Is is that Venmo? Yeah, Venmo. Oh my gosh. Let's get on air. With Kent State, head coach, Zach Nowak. The second period of this episode of Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Hockey Project, Northeast Ohio's leader in player development and advancement. Take your training to the next level this offseason with the Ohio Hockey Project. Visit www.ohiohockeyproject.com to learn about fall drop-in sessions currently taking place at four locations across the region. Zach Nowalk entered his seventh year of coaching with Kent State ACHA Club Hockey Program in his first year as the head coach of the Kent State Division I Club Hockey Team. Zach began his hockey career in the Cleveland area playing his high school hockey at Lake Catholic High School. After high school, Zach attended Kent State University and was a star goaltender for the ACHA Division I team. Zach was voted his team MVP twice, 2014-2015, and named alternate captain his senior year. During the 2019-20 and season, Zach was hired as the head coach for the inaugural kent state division
3: three club hockey team please welcome on air kent state university head coach zach noah welcome zach thank you that was that was impressive you might want to quit the coaching career and just get into maybe like announcing <laughs> well let's not go so far there right but uh we'll, we'll see what happens
1: <laughs> zach he's only done it 62 times i think he's got a ring of it now you know
0: should be good at it by now yeah uh, well if, if i'm if i'm not uh, Scott
2: Humphrey or Scott Humphrey. I just called him Scott Humphrey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott I, Harrington. I'm Scott. My nameplate says Dan Humphrey. I'm, I'm yeah, sitting you know. in for our producer, but I'm
0: Scott. Uh, he might fire me if, if I don't, uh, <laughs> you know, start getting better at this. So, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, Zach, hockey season's getting ramped up everywhere. Uh, the ACHA has started in some spots. Uh, so we're eager to talk about your team at Kent State. But first tell us about how you got to this point in your hockey journey. So it's, it's a very interesting story.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a a different path, Um, and I think one of the main sayings I have in life is everything happens for a reason, Uh, simply because of hockey. Uh, I originally started off playing forward for uh, 17 years, Uh, a little bit of D mixed in there, but mostly uh, mostly skating out. I had played goalie one time when I was like 10U, filling in for someone who couldn't make it. Um, never really did anything else with it. Then my senior year at Lake Catholic, we played like this little pickup game over the summer between my junior, senior year. And, uh, one of my coaches came up to me after, cause I had played goalie for that little pickup session. And he's like, Hey, you should play goalie next year. I was like, haha, that's really funny. He's like, no, seriously, you should play goalie next year. So, uh, I played summer league. I split time with another goalie during the summer league team bunch of kids that I played high school with were on that summer league. And some of the parents came up to my parents after the whole league was over. It was like, Hey, we seriously think Zach should play next year. And so my dad then kind of took it serious and said, Hey, what do you want to do? I said, let's try playing goalie. It beats being a third, fourth line skater. So, um, I hopped in that we got some pads for me and, I think we played my first game, uh, was our third game of the season. Uh, it was against university school league game. <clears throat> um, and I think we were, zero and two in the league at that point. That's when the red North was one of the higher divisions. Uh, and we ended up winning three to one. And then I kind of played from there on out, um, went to Kent state, uh, showed up to tryouts and the coach pulled me into his office, said, Hey, I heard you've only been playing goalie for one year. I said, (laughs) yeah. He's like, I'm going to keep you just because of that. And so I was like, oh, cool. So, uh, he kept me, this was Jared Witten, Um, and then the, the other coach who talked to me, that was Sean Sadler, um, over at Lake Catholic. And, uh, so those two kind of gave me a shot and gave me a chance. And, It led into kind of some of the things you just described into the in the introduction, and it led me into coaching and it led me into uh, being at Kent State and eventually meeting Bill Sweetie, who has helped me a lot with uh, my journey coaching and doing some coach education stuff with USA Hockey and kind of into all of this. So um, some people taking some chances on me have led me into where I am now, and I'm extremely grateful for that.
0: So was there, was there one or two experiences you can talk about uh, that uh, made you want to stay involved at Kent state uh, after graduation?
3: Um, so I, I think in general, like hockey was something that I, I liked, uh, but the actual switch to goaltending really made me fall in love. Uh, Cause I, I played lacrosse and I was a pretty good lacrosse player in, in high school and, uh, I probably could have had the opportunity to play at some college somewhere. Um, but I just, I loved hockey so much because I had made that switch to goaltending. And once I finished, it almost seemed like, wow, I've only been playing goalie for, what, six years now or five years now. Like, I don't want this to end. And so I started coaching at Bill Sweet ice Camps. Um, and then once I started coaching at Bill Sweet Ties Camps, I was fortunate to meet uh, Ken Martell and Dave Caruso. And I did a, like a little mentorship program with Ken Martell. And that was when I was like, holy smokes, like, I love this. I love the I was never like a research nerd either, which is funny. But that's that's Ken. And he like, blew my mind and same with Dave. And so all of a sudden, I was like going down this rabbit hole of of digging into coaching really deep. And um, I, I'd say it's a mix of those two experiences. It's just that love for ho- hockey again um, and being fortunate enough to meet some of the people I've met and they've kind of inspired me and led me down this path. So you've
0: been involved uh, in Kent State programming for about seven years with coaching and recruiting before uh, you took the task of uh, starting a brand new Division III team from scratch. Uh, can you talk to us about what that's like um, and then we're going to talk uh, about how you transitioned into the head coach of the D one program, but what's it like trying to build that program, uh, uh in 2019 and 20.
3: Yeah, it was scary. It was not, really... not an
0: easy year to do it either.
3: No. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really scary. Um, I was really nervous. Like, I think that is probably one of the most nervous times I've been because the task was, Hey, we're going to do this in a year. Um, we made the announcement and we're like, we're going to do this next year. Like we already, we like, we have game schedules and we're coming up on tryouts. And I think I have maybe 20 kids, but at the end of the day, you never know. Like I've, I've been recruiting for D one since the, I started there and I've had kids who I thought were coming and they don't show up or they show up day one and they leave. And so it was, it was really scary, but we were fortunate enough to have, I think at the end of the season, we had 25 kids on the roster uh, in our first year. And then after tryouts this year, it's like crazy. We had over 70 kids come try out both teams are max rostered at 29 right now. Like we can't, we don't have any more room in the locker room. Um, so it's, it is awesome to see that. And just thinking like, wow, this program has come so far, uh, in the few years that that I've been a part of it and, a lot of that is credit to Jim Underwood himself. He's done a phenomenal job with our program, and uh, but yeah, it was a great experience. It was it taught me a lot because we had a lot of kids from all sorts of different backgrounds in terms of their hockey playing. At least in our first year, we had kids that, in all honesty, maybe looked like they've been skating for three, four years, and we had kids that played junior hockey all on the same team. Um, So for me as a coach, it was how do I develop practices that meet the needs of all players? Uh, And that kind of taught me a lot about that whole differentiated learning within our practices. And uh, so, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Scary, but I guess it all worked out.
1: What do you think was the biggest, what was was the biggest, like, I don't say worry, but you're starting an ACHA team from scratch. Outside of physically getting these kids to campus what else like threw its head in the ring and said, Oh, you think you got to figure it figured out? Boom. Try this. I mean, uh, uh, let's take the, let's take the white elephant out a pandemic, but however, what, what else?
3: Yeah. So this was actually, we beat the pandemic for this. Oh, okay. Um We, so it was right at the end of the season is when the pandemic started kind of getting really big. So we didn't, we made it through the whole season. Um, but to your point, we had some like, freak injuries throughout the season. And once again, we only had 20 kids to start. So we had a few games where we had, uh, I remember we were playing Adrian's division three team. And I mean, their division three team is no joke. Um, there are some really good players and some of their division three players at the time probably could have played on our division one team. Um, and so we had like 16 skaters. We had four kids at the time with knee injuries Um, We had another kid who was ineligible. And so all of a sudden we had this roster of 20, 22, something like that, that we felt really comfortable with. And all of a sudden, boom, injuries, ineligible. uh, And we're kind of fighting back from there. And we got very fortunate that we had a few really, really big wins for us um, that ended up getting us into playoffs in our first year. We finished in, in fourth place out of, I think, seven or eight in that league. Um, So we had a a few really good wins and helped propel us into playoffs. Came to playoffs and we just didn't quite have enough. We didn't have enough depth. Um, But, yeah, the injuries and having that short roster, it was a lot to work through.
0: I do want to say that, uh, and we've talked a lot about ACHA and and how the growth of the ACHA – and where it is today compared to where it was when it started. You know, we had the uh, opportunity to talk to uh, Joe Batista, former coach of Penn state. And uh, you know, we talked about, it. he was on the founding uh, group of, of the ACHA and um, where it is today. How, how do you, I mean, you're now a division one head uh, head coach that you just jumped in within two, two years from division three to division one. Um, you're obviously very committed, but how do you go about putting a team together and, um, that can compete in this very strong ACHA Division One uh, league and division uh, as it is today because it's not the same ACHA uh, as it was 10, 15 years ago.
3: No, yeah, I totally agree. It's, um, it's a totally different beast because you, you used to have the ability, uh, and I would say it's maybe a little bit before uh, me, but you know we had you could, you could come out of high school and you could play at a lot of different schools. Um, at Kent, it was when I first got there, it was a lot of junior kids. I was, um, there were, there were a decent amount of high school kids, but more often junior kids. But now you, you look at like our roster right now and there's not a kid, single kid that came straight out of high school besides one kid that we just took from New York, who's actually exceptional. Um, all the other kids came playing from, uh, some other either an ACHA program or they came from some junior league somewhere. Um, and I, I think for us, that's the cool thing too, about having the division three team is we do, we kind of treat it like a development league. Um, we've had three kids that actually made the jump straight up from our ACHA division three program last year. Um, and there's, I, I definitely think looking forward, there's a lot of kids on that current roster to have a good chance at, at jumping up. But um, yeah, I, I think it requires a lot more to have a good team nowadays because you have to go out and recruit and you can't just recruit right down the road anymore. Um, you have to go out and drive out to Pittsburgh and Columbus and, and Erie. And uh, now Cincinnati has a team and We we had been going to that Minnesota NA3 showcase for quite a while, and USPHL has a bunch of showcases, and you're watching games on hockey TV like crazy, and um, yeah, it's it's a totally different beast, being that now you're pulling kids from different states, different regions, different you know, from Canada, from Ohio, from PA, all over the place.
2: But you have been able to find, uh, I think I counted 20 kids on the D1 roster from Ohio, so that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, so Kent State, I I think, does a really nice job with um, giving a lot of benefits to Ohio students. Um, So our guys do get some great uh, through completely through the university. They get some great financial aid packages, um, being that they're Ohio uh, residents. And looking
2: at the roster a little bit, um, and I should mention that um, Ohio Hockey Digest senior writer Jim Smith did a nice preview of the D1 team. Uh, that we put up uh, last week or so. So we, if you haven't read that, head over to OhioHockeyDigest.com and give that a read. No free um, ads.
1: No free ads. No
2: free ads. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, that's our boss.
1: Damn. <laughs> Somebody could be paying in, for that. <clears throat>
2: starting in net, though, uh, you have uh, Shay Spanier and, and Nick Beck, who's from Youngstown. So you have a seasoned veteran, Shea's a senior, and, and Beck's a uh, highly touted uh, newcomer. How are you going to approach your goalie rotation with those two and also uh, Cuyahoga Falls native uh, Ben White, who's a junior?
3: Yeah, so currently Ben um, Ben is injured, but he is going to make it back. He had an injury over the summer, actually playing some hockey. Um, so for right now, he's kind of out of it, but he'll he'll be back. Uh, within October-ish time period. Um, but realistically, if if everyone's uh, safe and ready to play, uh, we're kind of, I told a lot of guys at the start of um, the season that this is a fresh page for everyone. Uh, we're going to give a lot of guys opportunities that maybe they haven't had in the past. Uh, goalie-wise, the, the plan is to to see where we're at Um, come the start of the season, but everyone has, has an opportunity at this point. So um, we'll see where it goes from there. We'll see kind of who takes the reins, but I I think right now we're really fortunate to have three really good goalies that can compete, that can start. Um, And, you know, that's a great problem to have. It's, it's also sometimes going to be some tough decisions. So we'll kind of see where it plays out from there. I'm really happy with our goaltending situation. I think back long-term will be a really really nice addition to our program too
1: well that's why you make the big bucks you get to make those tough decisions you know when it when it matters but no all joking
3: aside yeah isn't that great zach isn't it fun to do that yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) it's a little stressful at times but oh my gosh i was definitely stressed during tryout week when i was like i was like we gotta pick we were I mean, we had 73, 74 kids at the tryout, and for our team, we could only take, like, two more kids. And I'm like, so we have to pick the two best players out of the next 43 that aren't currently on our roster. And I was like, these are some really, really tough decisions. But the kids that we talked to afterwards, they were – 100 percent on board the kids that stayed down they were like you know what i want to get the time i want to be the man like and i i want the opportunity next year and i said absolutely we'd love to give you that opportunity so they've been nice they've been nice so far
0: yeah i think what people need to know and our (laughs) listeners need to know as as coaches those weeks uh that week or weeks whatever it may be are by far the worst week of coaching you know uh there's nothing fun about that week. No.
1: So no, no. But Zach, one thing you said, you, you you told the guys that everyone has a clean slate and you're going to give opportunities. So who are you envisioning to be scoring some goals for you guys this season?
3: Yeah, I, you know, I would be shocked if it wasn't uh, guys like, I mean, I think Jason Smith being a fifth year senior, Um, I know Justin Biony, he's at the blue line, but I'll tell you what, we just did our preseason testing and there's, there's not a kid in better shape than him. Um, I think he's really, really prepared himself this season uh, to have a big year. Um, He's a senior now. I don't know if he's going to do a fifth year, Um, but, but Jason, Justin, I think will do really, really well. Uh, Some guys from last season that did pretty well. I think Zurecki will have a pretty good season. He came in in pretty good shape. Uh, Jake Friedman, he's a kid that he's just a bull in a China shop. He'll do whatever you need. Uh, he's the loudest kid on the ice, but uh, he makes he makes a really big difference out there. So, you know, those are a few kids that I anticipate to really kind of take the reins um, in terms of leadership and in terms of, um, you know, facilitating some offense. But there's other guys too, like Hunter Hillebrecht, I think will be great. He's in great shape. Kobe Greenberg will be great. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of other guys, too, that, that I'm forgetting. But those are kind of really some, some big names I think could have some good years.
1: So when I was looking over the roster, I counted four senior defensemen on, the, on your roster. Can we assume they'll form the nucleus of your blue line this season?
3: Yeah, and I think that the two new guys, um, we have two newer guys coming in, too, I think will do a really, really nice job. Uh, I think Elliot Green and Kyle Vent, um, those are two f- new freshmen. I would, I would be shocked if they're not competing for lineup spots right away. Um, so we have nine guys uh, currently at D, but I, I, outside of maybe our top four, I, I think the rest is kind of going to be up for grabs and who's, who's going to want it, who's going to compete, and who's going to do the things that, that we ask of them. And I, I'm really happy with this team because we have the, we have the depth to do that.
0: three players moved up from your d3 team uh what 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 did they do right on the d3 team to earn that promotion and and I really want some of our young listeners to hear uh, what you have to say to this because it, it's net you never give up like you told you told us those guys that said hey I, I have no problem being down i want to be the man I want to be the best at my level in order to move up so what did these three guys
3: do to get that promotion yeah, everything you asked of them that that's the the conversation we had at tryouts. I I told two of the guys um, that they were in the final running for those two spots. Um, And, you know, we were going into the last day and we sat down after the last day and uh, Aaron Hernandez, who's our new assistant coach. He's, he asked me, he said, have these guys done everything you asked of them in the previous season up until now? And I was like, yeah, I mean, there's no reason that, that we shouldn't have them here. If, if we're debating between players, these kids have done everything. And I truly mean it. They, they communicated well with me. They communicated their intentions. They set themselves to uh, high expectations for their off ice workouts, for their on ice performance. Um, They showed up on days when, I mean, they were both kids like uh, that were injured uh, throughout our Division Three season who still showed up every single day, even when they were injured, even when they didn't have to. They've gone above and beyond. So the kids that we ended up selecting, they've done everything we've asked of them. Um, and, you know, it was kind of like looking in the mirror and say, hey, what do you want? Those are the kids you want on your, on your team.
0: Right. What, would it be fair to say that they did not only what was asked of them, but what was uh, expected of them as well?
3: Yeah. I mean the expectation, you know, they didn't have to show up to practices. I didn't, it wasn't a requirement. They just, they just did it. I didn't ask them to do it. I didn't, they didn't even ask me. They didn't say, Hey coach, do I have to go to practice? They just did it. Um, You know, which makes my job really easy. Right. Like I don't have to be on them to say like, Hey, you guys need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. They just, they just did it. And for me, it's, okay, that's the culture we want to, to breed here at Kent State. And, you know, those are the types of kids that really deserve to be on our Division One team.
0: Right. So I want to talk a little bit about your USPHL pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you, you mentioned uh, Coach Hernandez, who you have as an assistant coach. He's got some uh, legit USPHL uh, ties. Um, what makes USPHL, USPHL a fertile re- recruiting ground uh, for your program? I mean, what have you come uh, to understand about that league that transcends into your
3: uh, team? Yeah. I, so I think the USPHL has turned into what I, in terms of the, I guess really the, some of the big tier three leagues that we look at are the EHL, the USPHL and uh, the NA three. And, you know, occasionally the Western States league uh, have been, you know, kind of some of the, some of the programs we've looked into, but USPHL just, location. Uh, a lot of the rosters um, within the USPHL uh, have a lot of Ohio kids, have a lot of PA kids, especially when you look at uh, the Columbus Mavericks, uh, Pittsburgh Vengeance, Cincinnati Cyclones, the Lake Erie Bighorns, uh, Worcester Oilers. It's, we're surrounded by these USPHL teams um, and it makes for a really kind of convenient but also at the same time we have a lot to choose from and i actually really like the league as a whole. Uh, I think they do a nice job of making sure that that nearly all teams are are v- pretty competitive. It's not a super watered down league where you have three really good teams and then you have, you know, six really bad teams where like oh, you know, they don't belong here the USBHL does a nice job keeping competition, I would say, fairly even. Um, and then, like I said, location of, of the kids is just uh, really convenient as well. It's just when we have all the perks of the in-state tuition, um, like you guys said earlier, looking at our roster, it's a lot of Ohio kids because, you know, I when I first started recruiting, I tried recruiting kids outside of Ohio and I tried recruiting kids from all over to different places. And unfortunately it just, you didn't have as much success. Um, so if I ever wanted to go after a kid from out of state, I would usually try and pull kids from those closer teams that maybe came in from Virginia or from, you know, Boston or wherever they're coming from. So, uh,
0: as head coaches, we get to choose our assistant coaches. I mean, of course I choose coach Lewandowski to coach with me because it was great looks, but, um, <laughs> Coach Hernandez is, is a first-year assistant for you. Coach has a long history with the USPHL. Um, was that a key p-
3: uh, part of uh, him joining the group? Um, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily just the one part. Right? No, like, part, I think like it's one, yeah. yeah, like like it's his overall package. And yes, that is like awesome that that comes with it. Um, but he is he is an incredible person. I've, I've built a relationship with him for a long time when I started recruiting at Kent and actually we both went to Lake Catholic funny enough. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just a really good human being. He's also always done a great job communicating with me, uh, advocating for his players. All of our players that have come from Worcester had nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, he has the coaching experience. He's someone that I could say, Aaron, take this, do whatever you want with it. I trust you. I believe in you. I really like, I can trust him. If he wants to take the defense, whatever you want to do, go do it. If you want to take the offense, go do it. If you want to run this type of face-off play or system or whatever it is, you got it. Cause I, I believe in his ability to coach from what I've seen from his program, from what I've heard from his players. Um, but yes, it is a nice little, addition that he knows a lot of these coaches and he could be very helpful with the recruiting process because in all honesty, I couldn't imagine how hard it would be to recruit players to come to Worcester, Ohio. And that's no knock on Worcester, <laughs> Ohio. It's simply it's, it's in the middle of nowhere, right? It's not a big city. They do have a great atmosphere. I, I will give them that. Um, but you know, it's, it's far away from a lot of things.
1: Who else is uh, on your staff? Just the two of you or who else? Uh,
3: so we have uh, – it's an interesting setup. We do have some of the Division Three coaches um, that are helping out with some levels of coaching. Miles Radicevic, who was my assistant from two years ago. Uh, his brother is going to be the assistant with the Division Three. Uh, we also have uh, Johnny Batita, who was a, a former player at Kent, who's kind of a volunteer assistant. Um, and then Rob Nitre, he's our volunteer goalie coach for both – team. So we do have a variety of people that are coming and helping with our practices. And it's nice to have three, four people on the ice at a time. And it's just some extra eyes and extra guys that can talk to other players on the ice. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not one for like stopping and lecturing. That's just never been my thing. Um, So I, I like to find opportunities to go and talk to individuals as the game is, as we're practicing and doing those different things. And it's nice to have guys that can kind of also do the same thing, but also continue running some of those uh, activities that we have.
1: Well, Johnny's been playing so long. Is he listed as a uh, player coach still? Does he have any eligibility left? Oh
3: my goodness. This is he's, something we, he's, I because he, he
1: seems like he's about 37 and he's still playing. So I don't know. And I know he's not 37 and I don't yeah, mean any
3: disrespect to Johnny. He might as well be though. But yeah. um. That's, that's actually really funny. Yeah. So it does seem like he's, he played for quite a while. Um, And him and I joke about that all the time. We're like, we're like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior. And it's like, yeah, but how old are you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah did, um, did you
1: did you ask him if he ever submitted his retirement papers to the uh, <laughs> professional hockey players association yet or no?
3: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about all that, but um, yeah, no, Johnny's a great addition. Simply, like he's one of those kids that he leads by example. He does, you know, everything you really ask of him in terms of um, being prepared for games, uh, physically, uh, mentally. I love Johnny. He knows that he could kind of get in his own head, but you know what, that, like that fueled him as a player. He was the type of kid to get off the ice, bang his stick against his head and then go out and score a goal. Um, (laughs) You know, that's just the type of player he was, but he has a really, really intense passion to win and to have success. And, um, you know, that's the type of example you want uh, other players on our team to see, uh, it's really cool when they walk in the locker room and they see his name on on the wall, multiple times, all over the wall. Right, ACHA All American. He was uh, team MVP four times. Could have been five, but um, you know he lost to me. <laughs> 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 I, I like the rest of on that, but I like, um,
1: I like how you got that one in there. That's cool yeah, I <laughs>
3: <laughs> But no, it, in all honesty, he's he's the exact example we want of of a kid that shows up, gets the job done, and uh, has an intense passion to to have success. Absolutely. So with all
2: of the changes
3: around Kent
2: State Hockey uh, over the last two years or so, uh, you're also transitioning to a new league this year, uh, from the Great Lakes Collegiate Hockey League to College Hockey Mid-America. So for starters, um, you'll now be in the same league with John Carroll, so uh, forgive my ignorance. Do you play them on a regular basis uh, in non-conference games historically? or?
3: Yeah, so we did historically play them. We actually historically played a lot of these teams because it just makes sense schedule-wise. Um, most of these teams, when you actually look at our schedule, we have so many home-and-homes because uh, these teams are close enough. So we'll drive down to them on a Friday. They'll drive down to us on a Saturday. And uh, we really – I think we only have three road trips, and that's because – or three overnighters i should say and that's because we do the meltdown tournament in buffalo where we play game friday saturday sunday and then we do a little michigan trip where i believe we play cleary friday saturday and then play emu eastern michigan on sunday other than that it's all home and homes so it helps us out with budget wise and it just in all honesty it makes the most sense um instead of us traveling to michigan all the time it It really is the league that makes the most sense for us. So we're talking about
2: uh, Pitt, Robert Morris, Mercyhurst, West Virginia, um, John Carroll. I mentioned Uh, who else? Who am I missing? Who else is in there? Uh,
3: I think Duquesne. I don't know if you mentioned Duquesne. I think Duquesne. um, Yeah. So now you're in a a tighter geographic
2: uh, area. You're going to be uh, competing for players more?
3: Uh, in your league? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think potentially because when you look at like we said earlier, where we are primarily Ohio PA uh, area kids, I think that's definitely something that we're going to be doing. Um, You know, we've definitely lost some kids to some of those teams in the past. I know that um, we'll we'll have to kind of show up to this league and and show you know hopefully come out on top. And hopefully that's a, a big recruiting uh, tool for us. And, you know, I, I think one thing is that we do have a great crowd. We have a great community following uh, we're probably around like 600 fans per game. Uh, we're on, you know, we have the rink on campus. We have our own locker room. So we have a lot of things that kind of sell for us. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we we got to win and we got to show that that we can win in that league. If, if we want to compete for, um, players with, with all of them. So, cause they're, like you said, they're, they're very close to us.
1: So, so being that geographically close to your competition and <clears throat> you're all going for relatively the same amount of player or same, same geographic player. Sell me, what is your selling point? What, what is it that sets Kent state apart? I mean, the long tradition of Kent state ice hockey goes back well before the four of us. And, and how it's transformed, be it through, through addition, through subtraction, through regrowth, through you know, uh, taking, I, I'm going to say this incorrectly, I apologize, retaking over the rink and now being able to play in that arena. What is your selling point when you go to a tier three, when you go to a tier two and try to I- encourage these kids to come to a fantastic institution that is Kent State University?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's really cool to be able to sell the, the community aspect and say, listen, you know, you, you can play in front of your friends, your family, your teachers, um, you can play in front of the community members that you're going to go out and see when we do different volunteer work. Uh, it is truly treated at, I feel at our school, it, it is treated like an NCAA program at times where our guys walk around campus and there are people that say, Hey, like you're, you're on the hockey team. Right. And like, it is really, really cool to see that, um, as well. Once again, Ohio, uh, Kent state has done a really good job with Ohio scholarships. And for a lot of these kids, they can come in and pay really, really, uh, low amount in tuition. Uh, it is, they can also attend one of our branch campuses and still play hockey. So they could attend a start campus and do their first two years at one of these branch campuses, which we have a lot of kids that do. Um, And they can save thousands of dollars uh, while attending college and coming to our program and playing for us with a rink that's on campus, um, with fans, with a locker room, with high quality equipment, um, and, and everything that you would ask for in an NCAA program. Um, we can provide that.
1: So your season opens up October 1st and 2nd at home against Rochester. Is there a inaugural Zach Noah bobblehead night? I mean, what is the promotional schedule we got coming up?
3: Yeah, I don't know if I want that, but. Um, <laughs> listen, as a head coach, his head bobbles enough, trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're working on uh, different uh, fundraisers actually right now and different um, sponsorships. Uh, throughout the university. So that's different things that we're working on right now. Uh, nothing set in stone yet, um, but you know the plan is that we're gonna have uh, a pretty big showing. We've always had a pretty big showing for our home opener. Um, we do have a few things in the works with some local schools. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna do some local school nights. Um, we're also, in the past we've done this and we'll continue to do it, but promoting different um, uh, club programs throughout the university um, in an effort to kind of get them to show up and we can promote them and they can show up and support us and, um, different kinds of things like that. So, you know, we've had like campus book and supply came and and did a bunch of sponsorship for us. Unfortunately, they had shut down, um, over this whole break, but um, we're definitely, we're looking and getting some new sponsorships throughout the next year. Um, or I should say additional sponsorships and, Mm -hmm. We'll see what promotional nights ensue. But we have had some fun with, uh, speaking of bobbleheads, we've had those those big bubbles. Oh, yeah. Intermission games. And, you know, we've had a bunch of different intermission games that, that keep it fun and enjoyable for that's uh, the genius. students and community. That's
1: genius because the kids are out before the game, during the game, after the game, and they get in that bubble and they just wreck each other on the ice. It's entertainment yeah. for everyone.
0: I always, I'm always, i always a big fan of the big wheel race. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, find one of those big old big green machines. Oh, the kids will be
3: all over that. Yeah, Hell, you might see you might see me up there, Zach, trying to get <laughs> one. So I'll do it. I'll do an Ohio uh, Ohio hockey night, and we'll uh, we'll have all the uh, Ohio high school coaches get out there and race each other. Oh, that'd be that great. Be some might, great competition. That might be better than the state tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you have a- how about this? It, it sets seating for the state tournament. Oh boy! Ooh. Now you're out of something.
0: Now you're out of something. Uh, we'll we'll bring that up in our next uh, coaches association meeting with the state of Ohio. I'll just throw that right out there to the commissioner. Hey, forget the seating stuff. I got it figured out.
3: Big wheel. Big last game races.
0: in January, we all go to Kent State and we have the Big Green Machine races. Big wheel mm. races.
3: Let me know how it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. Hey, why does so it have...
1: why do why does it say here in your budget four <laughs> big wheels <laughs> with new tires? I got to practice. What do you want?
3: Got to yeah. Got to get the gears replaced.
1: So
0: <laughs> you have a uh, uh, I don't. I mean, I guess it would be a huge home and home with Toledo October twenty second and twenty third. I mean, I think that's something that's on the calendar, right? Mm-hmm.
1: You guys this. Do you, would with these guys being so close now. Does that, that should open the door for, for the, the, I guess the most dedicated fan to be able to travel and travel fairly easily. I mean, a home and home in Toledo, I don't know which end of the home and home you guys are at for this. I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of me, but you know, they come to your place and there's a good crowd and maybe there's some, you know, setting the tone for the next night. And then people take the trip up to Toledo and watch up there. So that, that has to be the home and homes and the proximity has to be a huge advantage for your fan base, let alone your players.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, we had fans that would travel when we were playing in Michigan. So I know that they're going to come watch a lot of these games. And and you're absolutely right. Like we play um, Toledo Friday night on October 22nd, Mm -hmm. And then we go away the next night. And I I know that we're going to have fans, we're going to have parents, we're going to have girlfriends, we're going to have friends uh, that make that that trip and come out and support our guys. And I know our guys love it because I mean, I've never played against Toledo. I don't know what their fan base looks like, but we've played teams where there's not, you know, it's, you know, dressed like a seat night or whatever they call it. And, <laughs> right. And, and we have a lot of people that end up being there and it's really cool to see that kind of support. So, yeah, I, I think that our fans have done a great job in, in traveling and to your point, uh, it just makes it easier being so close to these teams. Yeah. So, so
0: with with uh, a lot of home and homes,
3: what's the chance of getting a fan bus? I was That's waiting for him to question. say, "What do you, I, you know?" I've snap never snap thought that? about that. <laughs> That's a good question. We could be like Stop. the uh, the Chiefs, right? <laughs> well, well, a little bit more tamed down. I mean, listen, <laughs> yeah. you get
0: you get a fan bus, yeah. ten bucks a person. Get them a a a, a sub, and. On the bus and away they go, and they get to watch the game. A ticket, fifteen bucks. The bus, a sub sandwich, and a ticket to the game.
3: Yeah, no, I. It'd be a, that'd be an amazing idea, um, and probably something I'm sure the busing company that we use would love. Right. And your
1: lo- one of your local sponsors. It's a sub shop. They're they're free advertising. Here we go.
3: Great, we're just idea. making
1: money hand over fist on the shows. Yeah,
3: do you, you do you guys? We're doing all the work for. Them. Uh, you guys, you guys might need to be our marketing directors here.
1: We got a lot of fish toss. We got to work in a fish toss. Got to make sure the fish is frozen though, because if the fish thaws out, it's a mess and it smells on the ice.
0: Yeah, then you get Peta all involved, and it yeah, just, it's just no it, that's that's never a good scene. We've been down that road before, left. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: a while ago, but man, we haven't lived it down since.
0: Whoa, whoa, uh, no, but you can, you could have a lot of good stuff with your home and homes. Like, I mean, literally, mm-hmm. get the fans on a bus, get them going, and yeah. and, and truthfully does it need to be a coach
1: bus
3: that'd yeah, be nice doesn't have yeah. to be yeah yeah no I mean, it's, it's a good idea it's something i haven't thought of and
1: well you uh, yeah you're a cleveland kid you've seen some of those buses that roll through downtown cleveland they're not the most sanitary either but people are still <laughs> yeah. paying money to go
3: yeah i've been on one or two of those buses before yeah uh,
1: i think i saw you down the flats a few times i understand
0: <laughs> so, hey you spoke about the, the the meltdown tournament uh you said that's in buffalo correct yep
3: and who, who participates in that? And have you guys ever participated in that? No. So this is our first year. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know all the teams, um, that participate in it. And actually off the top of my head, I cannot remember who are first, I believe we play Niagara and we play another team. And then we have a TBD, a to be determined team that will play on the last day. Is it, Canis, is that the is Harbor Canis center? The other one? It's, yeah. Canisius. Yeah. yeah Canisius. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, yeah we'll we'll be playing there, and that'll be that uh, meltdown tournament, and so we'll figure out who would play that last day on Sunday. Jay,
0: Jay, I don't know if you saw this, but he he was thinking about who the team was. I, I was afraid he was going to go on his computer because of the electrical situation going on behind him right now. And for our listeners, we're we're like I told you earlier in this pro, uh, podcast, we're all zoomed again, and Zach has got this five outlet uh behind One, him two,
1: yeah that, I, mean, I think that big thing is the sixth i mean i don't even got, know if that's we got, legal we
3: got an extra there's an extra he's, he, he's, he's got, got an extra but he's got in. it looks like clark griswold over there well, um <laughs> he's
0: <rigged off>. and, <laughs> and I, to, I was we'd... afraid jay
1: he hey alex is going... spinning <laughs> again go ahead keep talking
0: i was afraid he was going to look into his computer to see who he was playing and we were going to lose him right there
1: yeah <laughs> it was possible
3: so yeah. that's
1: a nice townhome, buddy, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I hope that is that the places... newer old
3: townhomes. Uh, it's a bit older. I, You guys are pumping my tires a little bit too much here, but uh, well, it looks nice.
1: Like nice fireplace, I mean, I got some
3: like, white brick. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, this is nice. I, that's got, real, a plant, I got a real family man now,
3: Zach. It's still alive. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's like, that's a positive in itself. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: the, hey, the the plastic chairs at the dining room table are nice, though. I like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, for po- hey, hey, no, no. Here's why it's genius: because for poker night, you just gotta take the, the sheet off the table, and then you put the sheet back on. It looks like fine dining. I like where you're going with this, bud.
3: Yeah, not <laughs> yeah. That's 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 called uh, being a being a dude and living by yourself. So, all right. If we could do one, are you on your computer? Yes. Is your computer? Are you
0: able to unplug your computer? Uh, I mean, can you can you walk your computer to the refrigerator?
3: I want to see what's in his fridge right now. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah. This is a new segment. It's a new segment we're doing. New yeah.
3: segment. What's in Coach's uh, fridge? No, this is a desktop. I'm trying to figure out if I can. Uh, I don't think my camera. camera would make it. Oh, okay. All That's right. That's all right. We'll have to figure it out back. later. You know, it what, is, it, I will say it looks actually pretty decent because um, I did do some shopping. Me and my girlfriend went on Sunday and did some grocery shopping for me.
1: All right, then, since we can't see it, what's in your fridge?
3: Not
2: just condiments?
3: No, well, I do, yeah. Chick-fil-A sauce is a must in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, let's see. Oh, I pre-prepped some lunches because uh, I got to eat a little healthier. I did too much traveling this summer. Um, so I made, what I make? I made some chicken with some asparagus and uh, some potatoes. Wow. And then I have some, what is it, Noki. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend made some of that for me. I don't even know how to say it, but I'll eat it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's the way I am. I pretty much eat anything and everything. Um, You know, a a few drinks, um, some fruit, frozen fruit in the freezer, trying, you know, trying to be healthy and, and all that. So uh, yeah, that's about it. So real quick. And again, this is, uh, do you work on campus full-time? I do not. I actually, I teach out here in Stowe. Okay. What do you teach? I teach special ed K to four. Very
0: good. Well, thank you for your, for what you do. Yeah. So, hey, Zach, uh, really appreciate your time talking about uh, KSU, uh, the Golden Flashes, the Division three, Division one team. Congratulations on uh, taking over the head coaching position of the Division one. Best of luck to you. Uh, Best of luck to your entire program. We're going to follow you. Uh, We'll hopefully have you on later during the season. Um, and, uh, you know, stay close to the podcast, stay close to the
3: digest. And, uh, again, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. And thank you guys for having me and good luck to you guys too. I know you guys got a, a big season ahead of you as well. So appreciate that.
0: This period of the Ohio hockey digest on air podcast is brought to you by the United States premier hockey. League. The USPHL had more than 1200 alumni playing college hockey last year and more than 250 playing pro hockey, including in the NHL. Now, with six teams in the Ohio Hockey Digest covering area, there has never been more opportunity for hockey players from Ohio to start working their way up the junior hockey ladder. Learn more at usphl.com. Well, good talk with Zach Nowak, head coach of Kent State University. And, and wow, what a world where three years has been for him. I mean, it was asked to take uh, and build a, a ACHA Division Three program. And then a year and a half later, through a pandemic, was asked, hey, you're going to be the new head coach. Or, I mean, not asked, but I'm sure he wanted it. You're going to be the new head coach of the Division I program. Uh, and now he's got 72 kids trying out for three teams uh, and just building a, a program over there. And, man, I'll tell you what, he's a young guy. He's got a great vision. He's got a lot of passion. He knows Kent State in and out. He knows how they operate. Uh, I think that's a recipe for uh, extreme success.
1: You take a look at how it started for him and playing as a skater for, as he said, 17 years, and then deciding to go in the net. When you want to do something, you'll do everything humanly possible to make it happen. And so Zach took the bull by the horns, played in net, played college uh, hockey in net. And so now, you know, I know there's different, uh, different things to look for here with, uh, with starting a program. And now becoming the division one head coach, there's nothing he can't do. I mean, he, he sought out mentorships. He sought out learning opportunities because he wanted to improve. So no matter what Zach is going to do, it's always going to work out because he wants it to happen. He's going to go through the process. He's going to take the steps necessary, and he's going to find that success. Whether it's quick, whether it's slow, whatever it may be, it was a great conversation to learn about Zach Nowak, his Kent State program, the, the history of it, the history of himself, and, and sky's the limit for him, and uh, we're really, really pulling for him. I, I know we joke around with him after we're done recording, but we are really pulling for him, and he's going to do great things.
2: And I'm liking the, the new league setup that they got there. You, you've got uh, Kent, John Carroll, Pitt, Robert Morris, Mercyhurst, West Virginia, Duquesne, you know, all basically recruiting in the, each other's backyards, you know, and trying to – to put together uh, the top team in that league, college, hockey, mid-America. I think that's a winner for him right there.
0: Well, it's funny because we talked to uh, uh, Coach Gockton from the Mercyhurst Farsi team, and we talked about the possibility of him getting in a league like that, kind of close to home, and it looks like the club teams have figured that out to, one, save on cost, and, two, be able to go home and home, maybe attract fans. I'm not saying that the uh, varsity teams are not doing it right or wrong. However, we talked with Coach Gocton about, hey, you got Miami, Ohio State, Bowling Green. You got Robert Moore. Well, you had Robert Morris. You know, all these teams right there that you could form this league and you could not have to travel all over the country. So it looks like, I mean, this might be a start or a model to what some leagues, whether it be ACHA, NCAA, might want to
2: look at. True. And a uh, great pipeline of talent. As, you know, we've talked about how we have six franchises in the uh, USPHL and our our footprint here at Ohio Hockey Digest. And they they had quite a few players on their roster from there, from Worcester and, uh, specifically. And I'm sure Aaron, Aaron Hernandez had something to do with that. And sure. I'm sure. sure when they're going to these games, they're seeing, oh, there's a guy from Robert Morris and there's a guy from Mercyhurst. You know, they're all uh, scouting the same games. And uh, I think it's great great thing for uh for hockey in this region
1: it's bringing rivalry into it you know before you're going halfway up to the sioux to play and and all right yeah if they're good games and they could get physical in this snap, but when you have that interstate rivalry so to speak i mean let's just consider western pa part of eastern ohio it's that's a rivalry it's fantastic it's a car ride it's a heck of a road trip for a college kid for anybody
0: yeah. And I mean, listen, if you're a, a hockey fan, if you're a friend of a hockey player at Kent state, if you're a girlfriend, if you're somebody and you're offered 15, 20 bucks to get on a bus and there'll be libations on the bus. We know that. And get a sub and get a ticket, go to someone else's rank, have a good time and ride home. Hell I'd do it. Plus you get to see another school. There you go. Great. There you go. Well, we want to thank Zach Nowak for joining us this week. Check out www.OhioHockeyDigest.com. For the full lineup of upcoming guests, we're looking forward to speaking to former Bowling Green, State University, Cleveland Lumberjacks, Boston Bruin, and Columbus Blue Jacket player Brett Harkins, and Canton native and NCAA Division One player Justin Wells in the coming weeks. Continuing to grow the game as best as we can. This is on air. The Ohio Hockey the Show. Up.